Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Welcome, my ghasts and ghouls. For most of my listeners, the sun is already out. So lock those doors and draw the blinds and let the atmosphere sink into your bones. And for my listeners, where night has come, rest easy and relax to some tales. I have for you, and just for you, three creepy stories. All three are listener stories. Our first is by Tom Keithley, an author whose work I featured on here previously. Check out his Twisted Tales series, they are just brilliant. And today, his story, Beware the Shadows, will have your skin crawling. Our second story is, well, it's a poem, actually. <laughs> but it still shares a fantastic story, Minds of Wispin. And I have to say, this poem is one of my all-time favorites. You know that feeling when you bite into a delicious, crunchy piece of fresh flesh, I mean bread. It's like that for my mind. Delicious. And lastly, we have a Goosebump-esque creepypasta by Short Story 1. That strange, bizarre, and definitely unique. So turn those lights off, turn up the sound, and get ready for something different. Beware the shadows. I'm not sure exactly when it started, or even what event might have been the catalyst for everything that's happened. What I do know is that I'm scared. Very, very scared. You see, I am being hunted. Hunted by shadows. I can't be in a dark space. I have to always stand within the light. Or they'll get me. Perhaps I should rewind a little bit. I may sound less disturbed and crazed if I provide some context. Though I won't be surprised if you still just write this off as the ramblings of a man whom sanity has long since forsaken. As I said before, I'm not sure exactly when it started, but I will never forget the day. I became aware that something wasn't right. It was July of 2016, late one evening. I was in my backyard, finishing up tending to my small garden. I was just putting some of my things in the shed as the sun finished dipping below the horizon, and that's when I caught movement. It looked like a person had just ducked around the corner of my shed. The hell? I thought feeling a sense of dread. I couldn't look away from where I had seen the flash of movement. It was getting even darker by the second, and that part of the yard, where the shed is, is covered by the shade of two very large and old trees. The deepness of the shadows is growing, and I feel the hair on the back of my neck raise, my gut telling me to get away from here now. I shut the door and secure it, Walking briskly back to my house, I climb the back three steps, go inside, 
and immediately hit the switch for the light outside. Most of the backyard is lit now, except for the back portion, where the shed is. It's as dark as ever, but within that wall of black, I can see a figure moving. It paces the line between the light and the dark, but never crosses it. Though, by its restless movements, I can tell it very much wants to. I shudder and slam the back door, securing both the knob and deadbolts, and go straight into the lounge to relax, trying to forget about what just happened. The rest of that night and the next day were fine. But the next night... Oh, that's when it got real. I had been gone for hours, and when I had left, it was the middle of the day. When I returned home late to a darkened house... That same dread returned. I didn't want to go in there. Taking a deep breath, I unlock the door and enter. I try first to flip on the overhead light, but nothing. With a sigh, I try the lamp, but it won't turn on either. Great, breaker must have kicked off, I say to myself. I pull out my cell phone and turn on its flashlight as I begin to make my way to the laundry room at the back of the house. As I reach the corner to turn into the kitchen, I hesitate. Somehow I just knew there was something in the kitchen. I steal my nerves and turn the corner, holding the flashlight up and that's when I saw the face that will haunt me every time I close my eyes. For the rest of my life. Just around the corner was a shadow figure. Had it not been for my light, it would have just been a black blob in the darkness. But thanks to my phone, well, maybe that's a bit of an overreach. I could see it for what it was. Long black robes, a hood that should obscure what lay beneath. But the light exposed it. The monstrous visage that I could only say looked like the face of death itself stared back at me. I caught a long enough look that the image of what little desiccated skin clung to the lower half of the face and the empty eye sockets that resided in its skull was forever burned into my mind. The creature hissed in pain and threw its arms up before it simply vanished from sight. The dread feeling left and I felt myself begin to calm. It was gone for now, but the tapping at the window seemed to promise that it would return. Tap, tap, tap. Every few seconds, three rhythmic taps would fill the air. I didn't look to the noise. I didn't want to lay eyes again on the creature I knew to be the source. Instead, I shuddered and rushed to the breaker box, Once power was restored, I made sure every light in the house was turned on, as well as both porch lights. I don't think I'll ever be able to sleep at night again. Beware the Shadows by Tom Keithley Minds of Wispin Beyond the brambles and the shrubs, 
obscured by thorns, by eyes forgotten, where wild forests turned to scrubs and nameless creatures only trotten. Alone they left me long ago. They never heard my cry for help, never saw my face or glimpsed the glow. Far they were when I would yell. Before my eyes it lingers still, the flame that came up from the deep, deprived the people were of will, as some could run, but most could only weep. The sky grew dark and dark remains. There's now no sparks, no soothing rain. There's only empty shadows and the ruins of abandoned lives. The road of roots forever grows and ancient evil thrives. I lay in wait and wring my shackles. I stay in wait in town of thorns. Down below his cackle crackles. For I shan't rest till he's reborn. I call you now, if you would listen. I call your soul so young and bold to come explore the mines of Wispen, a town so young and yet so old. Grey woods follow to their end, listen for my voice in its dark shadows. I'll take you there, my young friend. I shall lead you to the gallows. Your fantastic poem today was written by Vivi. That's V-I-V-I. The Minds of Whispen. I regret changing the Billy's belief in ghosts. I never believed in ghosts because just the very idea of it sounded so stupid and unrealistic. My two friends, Billy and Warren, believed in ghosts and they would always force me to go with them into dark, old and large buildings. I also found souls and spirits to be an absurd idea, and whoever even invented them clearly was trying to control people. I also find Halloween extremely absurd and stupid, but there is the odd occasion I get scared by a horror film or even an urban legend. There is no such thing as ghosts, and I was now desperate to prove that to Billy and Warren. They had persuaded me to go into another so-called haunted building. It was just an abandoned building which hasn't been renovated for years. These things always bring out the worst thoughts in human imagination. The countless YouTube videos Billy and Warren watch about ghosts being caught on camera is just hilarious. The both of them were so desperate to make me believe in ghosts, and I was desperate to make both of them not believe in ghosts. Then, as I stepped into yet another supposedly haunted house, an idea came to me. I knew exactly how to stop just one of them believing in ghosts, and I was extremely sad that I could only just stop one of them believing in ghosts and not both of them. You cannot get everything in life and I decided to finally go along with my plan, as I started to get bored of wandering around this wreckage of a building. I got the attention of Billy and Warren and I disappointingly told them that I could only make one of them not believe in ghosts. Both Billy and Warren laughed, and I made them give me a chance after so many years of allowing them to, forcing me to go into wrecked buildings. They both flicked a coin, and whoever got heads was the loser, while whoever got tails was the winner. Billy got tails, and Warren had a disappointed look on his face as he lost. Sorry, Warren and I hit him hard with a plank of wood which I found on the ground inside this broken building. I kept hitting Warren until I knew he was dead 
and Billy were so cautiously confused. I told Billy to stay with me for the next five hours in this old abandoned house, and in those five hours, there were no spirits, souls, or anything similar of any kind that came out of Warren. Billy looked at me as his belief had now changed and said to me, Yes, you were right. There are no such thing as ghosts, spirits, or souls. We both left the house, and I had managed to change the belief out of just one of my friends, and it was a shame for Warren. Then one day, Billy called me up excitedly and wanted me to come to his house. I asked him why he was so excited, and he told me that I would find out when I would arrive at his house. I lazily put on my jacket and trainers and walked to Billy's house, and before I got to the door, I could hear shouting coming from inside. When I finally knocked on his door, he told me to come inside, and I entered. I arrived at the living room. There was some tension, and that's when I saw Billy's mother, who was someone who religiously believed in ghosts and devils. I had enlightened Billy, and he kept trying to tell his mother that none of those supernatural things are on this earth. His mother started to tear up, and I was just praying that Billy would not tell his mother that I had changed his belief, because it would basically ruin me. That's when Billy's mother said, How can you prove that there are no ghosts or spirits? Well, that's my friend here. Billy replied to his mother, then looking at me brought out a gun from inside his pocket. I regret changing Billy's belief in ghosts. Well, I hope you enjoyed all our stories today. We had stories about shadow creatures, a poem of a haunted town, and the definition of, I'll prove it to you, even if it kills me, attitude. What a great lineup. And thank you Tom Keithley, Vivi, and Short Story 1 for these submissions. And if you enjoyed these stories, support these veteran and new authors, maybe I'll call them authors or list authors. <laughs> I gotta work on that one, by sharing their stories and leaving a review of the podcast on iTunes. The best part of leaving a review on this channel is that you directly help support new authors, build confidence for people who are just starting out, and provide exposure to veteran writers whose works can sometimes be buried in the masses online. So a special thank you to all of you who rate and share these episodes around because you're making a difference. And just a heads up, the podcast has hit 101 iTunes reviews from around the world. This is all you. And the fact that you're listening also means you're helping these authors out. So thank you. Stay with me tomorrow. I'll either do something very different or an SCP. Equally very different. I can't wait to get to it. And as always, till next time.